today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. There are many times in my life where I call out to Jesus, in a sense, sending out a message to him in prayer, saying, Jesus, I need you right now. I need you to come right now because there is a problem going on. And I need you to come and take care of it because I believe that you can take care of it. As we see that Mary and Martha, they they believed that Jesus was the Christ. They believed in his power. And so that's why they sent forth for Jesus to come. And so just like them, I believe that Jesus is God and that he has the power to do mighty things. We seem to forget that Jesus has the power to do great and mighty things. Pastor Eric challenges us today to have faith in the power and influence of Jesus. In your life, identify that which you believe to be impossible and ask him to help make it possible. You'll be surprised what he can do if you simply ask. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 11 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. Let's get it, open up our Bibles to John chapter 11 as we continue our study through uh, the gospel according to John. I titled the message this morning, if you are a note taker, six things that you should know about Jesus. Six things that you should know about Jesus. And in our chapter today, we are going to be looking at the death of Lazarus, uh, the death of Lazarus. And there are going to be six major things a person should know about Jesus, and they're discussed within this chapter. Number one is this, Jesus hears. Jesus hears. Number two, Jesus speaks. Jesus speaks. Number three, Jesus is life. Jesus is life. Number four, Jesus sympathizes. Number five, if you believe, you will see. If you believe, you will see. And finally, number six, let Jesus be Jesus. All right, you guys, let's jump right into it. Verses 1 through 6 of chapter 11, and we'll, we'll start looking at the six things that you should know about Jesus. Chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with a fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3, Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. In verse 4, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And so in this first six verses, we observe uh, some things, kind of a backdrop to the story. We see, number one, that there was a man named Lazarus who was sick, uh, and he was from the town of Bethany. Uh, he had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and Mary was the woman who was recorded in Matthew 26 uh, who used a flask of costly fragrant oil on Jesus. Uh, it was the oil that the disciples said, well, why wouldn't we sell that and use it for the poor? Well, they weren't getting it, obviously. And so I would encourage you to read that chapter this week uh, just to see what took place. But Mary wiped uh, the oil, as it says in John, off of Jesus with her hair. And Jesus said this about Mary. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Matthew 26, 13. 
Uh, Jesus is proclaiming that Mary had performed a good work for him. And this memorial is for others preaching the gospel uh, that they are performing a good work for Jesus Christ. It's not by their might, but it's by the might of Christ in them that they were doing this. But they were promoting, uh, Jesus is promoting that Mary had done uh, a good thing for the Lord and she was faithful unto him. Then we also see, though, that Mary and Martha were the same sisters uh, who welcomed Jesus into their home. Martha was known as a busybody, right? She was going around, hustling around the house, cleaning it, making sure it was all perfect for Jesus as he came into the house. But Mary, what did she do? If you guys remember, she sat at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said this to Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, verses 41 through 42. And so Martha was just busy, 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 but again, a great picture for you and I, like Mary, to sit at the feet of Jesus kind of giving you that backdrop of who these people are. And, and so Jesus had a great relationship with this family. And, and so the sisters sent a message to Jesus, saying that their brother, whom Jesus loved, was sick. And Jesus said, did you guys catch it in verse 4, that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through this. After receiving the news that Lazarus was sick, Jesus remained at his current location for two more days. Now, that really doesn't make too much sense off of the top of your head because you're like, well, if he's sick, Jesus, come right now and you could heal him. You could take care of him. But Jesus chose two more days to, to be where he was at because he knew that he was going to be glorified, that God was going to be glorified through this sickness. So Lazarus was sick. He must have been really sick for Mary and Martha to call out for Jesus. Usually that's what takes place, right? If somebody in our family is really, really sick and it looks like they might die, what is usually, what usually takes place? Phone calls to the relatives so that people can come and spend that last time with that person. And so the same thing, Lazarus is sick. Jesus loved this family and this sickness was going to be used by God to bring glory to himself. But the, the interesting thing again is that Jesus did not rush to go to see Lazarus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can relate to Mary and Martha quite well. There are many times in my life where I call out to Jesus and it's in sending out a message to him in prayer saying, Jesus, I need you right now. I need you to come right now because there is a problem going on and I need you to come and take care of it because I believe that you can take care of it. As we see that Mary and Martha, they, they believed that Jesus was the Christ. They believed in his power and so that's why they sent forth for Jesus to come. And so, just like them, I believe that Jesus is God and that he has the power to do mighty things. And there's those times where I cry out, Jesus, please come and tend to my needs. But within these six verses, we see four key points uh, about Jesus dealing with our messages to him. And so I want to look at those right now. Number one, Jesus hears you when you call for him. When you pray, Jesus hears you, okay? It says in Psalm 65, 2, it should be on the screen, it says, O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. God listens to your prayers, okay? And this is a mighty thing, a great thing to understand, because there's sometimes where we can think, is God even listening to my prayer? And I would tell you, he is hearing your prayers, 
He hears you when you call upon his name. Jesus, number two, is aware of your situation. God is all-knowing, is he not? Yes, he is. He knows your situation, and he knows your situation because he is God, but he also knows your situation because you have prayed about the situation to him. So Jesus hears you when you call for him. Number two, he is aware of your situation. Number three, the way Jesus responds to the situation is going to bring glory to God. The way that Jesus responds to the situation is going to bring glory to God. And it is going to glorify his name. Because that's what he's all about. Bringing glory to his name. And understanding, understanding that, this is, that that's what God is going to do, that's what Jesus is going to do, is going to be glorified in this situation, this should bring you great encouragement. It should bring you great peace. Because whatever Jesus does in your situation, it is going to glorify the Father, and that Jesus is going to be glorified through this. And so it's going to be perfect because God, the Bible says, is God who is perfect. And so whatever he so chooses to do in the situation of your life, it is going to be perfect and it's going to glorify him. Now, I might not agree with you, but that's where we need to put our flesh aside and agree with his ways. Uh, number four, the final thing that we see is this, that Jesus will respond in his time. Now, I believe that this is the hardest one. Uh, is because, again, I'm always in a hurry. I want to see things happening now, 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 now. Maybe it's the culture that we live in. I don't know. But we, we want the response. We pray, we pray, and we want Jesus to come and fix the, t- fix the situation or do whatever he needs to do in this situation right now. But here's the thing. Did you see in the text that Jesus did not rush to get to Lazarus? He was sick, and, and the family was calling for him, but he remained. And so when we are so fixed on our time, our time is not perfect, but God's time is always perfect. His timing is always perfect, no matter what the situation is. And so be at peace. If, if you don't see things happening right now, God has a plan for that. And whatever he so chooses again is going to bring glory to his name. So, great things that we see in the first six verses that Jesus hears our prayers and he is going to respond to those. He's aware of your situation and they will be glorifying his name. Let's continue on in verses 7 through 16 in our chapter this morning. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, Lely, uh, the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are, they not, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. Verse 10. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Or Yeah, wake him up. Verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep. And verse 14 is a very interesting verse. It says, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And, I, and then in verse 15, he says, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, 
that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Verse 16, then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So here we go, seeing some observations in these verses right here, verses 7 through 16. Jesus says that he wants to depart to Judea once again. But I love the response by the disciples, right? Hey, Jesus, uh, hello, they were trying to stone you there. Are you sure you want to go? And Jesus is like, well, yeah, we've got to go. You know, there's, there's 12 hours in the day, and, and it's, it's what God has called me to do. I mean, the disciples were confused about Jesus wanting to go back into Judea. And it's like, why are you confused? Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 9, verses 4 through 5? It should be on the screen. It says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, Jesus is stating in his ministry, I have to be about doing my Father's business. While I'm still here, I'm going to continue the work of the ministry of God the Father. And of course Jesus is going to go because he had to do the works of him who sent him. Jesus then tells his disciples that Lazarus was sleeping. Uh, but that he was going to wake him up. Now, when somebody is sick, if you're sick, you're probably like me. You don't want to be waking up, woken up, right? You want to rest. You want to get over your sickness. And so his disciples had the same idea like, hey, you know what? Sleep is probably the best thing that Lazarus could get right at this point. But they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, hey, I'm telling you that Lazarus is dead. He's dead but I'm going to go and wake him up. Amazing, right? And so he speaks plainly to this disciples. He's not sleeping. He is dead. And so we see Jesus continuing to do the will of the Father as he heads to Judea. And we find out that Lazarus dies from his sickness. And finally in this section, we see that Jesus speaks frankly to his disciples. And I praise God for that because I need to be spoken frankly too. You know, I need to be spoken plainly because if I don't understand, if, if it's not in a simple way, I have a hard time understanding. And Jesus speaks to us the way that we can understand. And so looking at the churches today, in our culture today, more and more churches are going towards inserting their own words to help the people understand God's word. More and more involving their own personal stories and all that. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but they were moving away from the text of the Bible because we want people to understand the Bible. Now, that's my heart as well. But guess what? It's not my responsibility to reveal God's word to you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal the word to you. And I believe that when Jesus wants you to understand, he will make you understand. He will teach you what he wants you to learn. We see that in John chapter 16 when it says that the Holy Spirit's job is to come and to teach us to reveal all truth to us. In Honduras, you know, it's fresh in my mind, the people in Honduras have a high regard for God's word. They respect it so very much, even if they're not believers. When you go up to a house or a community and you say, can I share what the word of God says? You know what they say? Oh yes, we want to hear what God's word says. And, and, and they respect the word of God. They believe it's the word of God and they want to hear the word of God. 
And, and so they're alert and they pay attention to the word of God. And it seems like in the United States, more and more people are losing the respect for God's word. They're losing the respect for the word of God and they're holding on to their, their words to be true versus God's word to, to be true. Uh, and so Jesus speaks plainly to his disciples. He did not water down the message. He didn't water down his words. He spoke freely and openly with boldness to those who are around him. And, and again, in Honduras, when I was sharing with the people, my flesh was thinking, how can I, how can I relate this and how could I speak it to where they would understand? Because maybe they don't understand all the, you know, what righteousness is and, and all that stuff. And so I'm trying to think in my mind, how do I relate this to them so that they understand? And so God is just so awesome. You know, he gave me a, a, a good rebuke and correction. And he spoke through a translator and says, hey, they don't understand all your cliches and your stories. And I'm like, oh. And she said, just give them the word of God. I can do that. Praise God, right? I can give them the word of God. And, and so the moment that I spoke plainly about God's word, the people received the message. The people received the word of God. They understood it. And here's the thing, you guys, is God will speak plainly to a man's spiritual heart. He will speak plainly to your spiritual heart. God does not need uh, our, our words to help explain his word. Uh, again, that's the Holy Spirit's job. You know, uh, John 16, I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but let's read that verse. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So right there, Jesus telling us the job, and the, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and guide you into all truth. And I say, praise God. Thank you, God, for sending the helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach us the word of God. Uh, amen? Amen. So God wants his word to be revealed to you. He wants his word to be revealed to me. And once he reveals his word to us, guess what? Once he reveals the word to you, that word is yours. That word is yours. It's for you. God has opened up your eyes. He has opened up your heart to receive the word and the understanding. And I love Deuteronomy 29, 29, because there's a lot of things in the Bible, even I, that I don't understand. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. And I'm like, man, God, I just don't understand this. And instead of just trying to figure it out on my own, I'm going to wait. and I'm learning to wait to let the Holy Spirit reveal the word to me. Before I speak, I want to know that's what God wants me to say, or that's what God wants me to learn. Uh, personally, even in my own devotion, you know, I'm just learning to really rely on the Holy Spirit to teach me. And if he doesn't reveal it to me, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because of Deuteronomy 29, 29, saying the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Again, Moses is just saying, you know, the secret things, uh, God speaking through Moses, the secret things belong to God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and our families. So when God reveals something to you, you can pour into your wife. Again, a great picture of Ephesians chapter 5 when the word says, you know, husbands, wash your wives in the word of God. 
you know, and, and to, once the Lord has revealed that to you, reveal that to your spouse. And it can work both ways. You know, wives, if whatever the Lord shows you in the Word, share that with your husband because it is for you and your family and your children. Pour it onto your children. They need to know what God is doing and what He's revealed to you. And don't worry how they take it and if it's going to impact them. Again, that's God's job to impact the heart. You're just sharing what God has taught you. And, and so a great thing to take uh, when God reveals His Word to you. So when the Word of God is revealed to you, you have a choice. You can either heed the revelation that God has shown you, or you can ignore it. Uh, you can ignore it. And if you ignore it, then I truly believe then you're sinning against God because you are rejecting the truth that has been revealed to you. Uh, and so I would encourage you, you know, if, if God is revealing stuff, which I believe he does daily, and I'm sure you guys could all give testimonies of what God has been teaching you, even in this past week of what he's been teaching you in the word of God. Man, whatever God is teaching you, may you just hold on to that goodness of God's word and continue to, to just walk forward in the words that God reveals in his word to you. And so if you are rebelling against the word of God, the, the words that God has revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, then repent. Just turn away from that. Turn away from that uh, rebellious heart and turn and obey the word that God has given to you. If God has spoken to you a word, man, hold on to that word because if it's coming from the word of God, it is truth. Then uh, there's no doubt about it because here's the thing is that God wants you and I to understand him. You guys agree with that? He wants, him, wants us to understand him. And he will speak plainly to you with no confusion because God is not the author of confusion. God speaks plainly to us through his word. And I praise God for that. Continuing on in verses 17 through 27, it says this. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Verse 26, And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Pretty awesome passage right there. And so we see that Jesus has arrived on the scene and Lazarus now has been dead four days. He's been dead four days. And by this time, the Jews were mourning with Martha and Mary. And when Martha had heard that Jesus had arrived, she went to meet him. Martha tells Jesus if he would have been there, her brother would have been alive. If he would have been there just one day earlier, because here's the thing. This is an interesting fact that the Jews had this superstition that said that souls stayed around the grave three days, right? Hoping to return to the body. But after the fourth day, uh, the soul would depart with no chance of returning, uh, 
in my personal, that's kind of weird, you know. And, and so, uh, but that's that, that's the thing that was taught, you know, within the Jews at this time. And, and so, by Martha saying to Jesus, she was saying to him, in a sense, "You were late." But let me tell you, God is never late. God is never late. John three sixteen, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.